I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab, the Armageddon edition. Uh, I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here until 11 o'clock. And then Dr. Alessio will be coming in here with Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. And a very topical situation. I'm sure he'll have, I assume he'll have some information on this uh, virus we're all dealing with. Uh, but we're here to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. So uh, let's get right to your calls. And we're going to go right to Ken in Windsor first. Hey, Ken, what's up? I wanted to ask you about uh, saving passwords on your browser's versus having a password manager? Don't do it on your browsers. Okay. You The browser can be hacked as far as ca- ca- uh, getting access to those cache passwords. Do not do it. Okay? okay. Write them down on an index card and put them in a little index card box somewhere or use a Rolodex like Bob does um, because we Bob has a story about password managers themselves that... Uh, that's beyond funny. So, do you want to listen to a story about uh, Ken? Uh, I may have heard it in the past, and this this is something that he hasn't said on the air before. Well, it's a new is a new story about a guy who had a password manager, and what did he do, Bob? He inadvertently put in the, a password that he thought he wrote down, he that he thought he put in, and he lost it. So to get access to the password manager itself. So oh the, the uh, <laughs> headline is password managers are great until you lose the password to your password manager. Yeah. And he didn't download and set up the emergency kit to recover, to recover it. And when he called in, they said, we can't help you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I've been doing something over the years since the computer was invented. I've been keeping my passwords in an Excel uh, document. Yeah, you know? is, was it called Passwords? Uh, no, it's got some <laughs> kind of a name. I think it says Keys or something like that. But Well, okay, but, anything that would lead the bad guy to figure out where your passwords were, you'd maybe want to call it, you know, uh, Stroganoff Recipe. <laughs> but password then, protect the file. No, nah, I wouldn't call it that. Then the Russian hackers would go into it. <laughs> go ahead, well, kid. 
with that system, though, I, I have it encrypted, so every time I open the Excel file, it asks me for the password. But yeah. I've, also, I've also been told that one's easy to hack, you know, password mm. protection on an Excel file. It's probably easier than, than other files. It depends on, you know, what kind of password you used, how complicated it is. But guess what you can't hack, Ken? You can't hack my little index card password manager. You can't hack it. You know why? You can't. You can't come to my home and hack it. Yeah, um, you yeah, just just write it down. Uh, I don't know why we're so we're, we as a as a species we seem to be becoming very lazy and uh, everything is being made very easy for us just to connect to everything um, instantly and and then you're less secure. So no one's hacking my index card box unless you come to my home and break down the door. You're welcome to do that if you really want to have my passwords. Um, now, but, now can you do that with your cell phones now and tell them not to save any passwords on cell phones? Yeah, you should be able to elect not to save passwords when you're in a browser environment. Uh, when it's an app-based system, um, the app is going to have a password or a fingerprint scan. Um, and, of course, you can always have the two-factor authentication like the Titan key or the Yubico key uh, in proximity of your cell phone to add that second factor. It's very important to have a second factor when you're connecting to any kind of web-based service so that along with your password, they have to say, oh, I see Ken's Yubico key here. It's connected via Bluetooth. It's actually Ken. If you don't have that key on your person, then the bad guy only needs that one factor, your password. It's really hard to uh, hack a, a, a second factor like a physical key connected to your person. So te technically that Yubico key makes it three-factor because you got to have the password and the Yubico key and your cell phone. Okay. Because mm -hmm. that Yubico key would have to be connected by Bluetooth to the cell phone. So it's three. Sure. Three pieces. Yeah. Well, that could probably be used with the computer. The computer has Bluetooth. and. Yep. And, and also these Yubico keys and these um, Titan keys, you can plug into the USB port of your computer as well. So you can just simply plug it in and uh, have it connected that way. And that second factor can't be can't be messed with, so you're pretty secure when you do that. But a password manager, if you forget your password, the guy lot we'll put the link up. The story is pretty funny. Um, he, yeah. he's locked out of his passwords. He had to redo all of his passwords for all of his sites because he didn't bother writing them down anywhere. He didn't remember them. He thought the password manager he would manage did, them. But he did a typo somewhere. And well, he to get into it. the typo. Yeah, but to get into <laughs> it, he, he, he didn't write all the individual passwords for all the individual sites because the manager took care of that, which meant he had to go ahead and now redo all that work See, he Again. said in the article he was in a hurry, but had he been not in a hurry, he might have typed it into a notepad and yeah. then copied it and pasted it in so yeah. that it would have been right each time. Yeah, but the notepad wouldn't have been secure. Um, so, Ken, that's our feeling on password managers and how you work with passwords. You know, people out there are going are gonna to say, hey, a password manager is great. And it is great until they get hacked, which has happened. I can send up multiple articles if you'd like. Uh, or in case, or if you lock yourself out of your password manager, then what are you going to do? So write them down on index cards. It's really not hard to do. Well, that's what my wife does, and uh, I like that. I like your uh, explanation for doing that. Yeah, yeah. she's a keeper. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Ken. All right, great show. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, bye bye. We're going to go on to Alan in Glastonbury next. Once he's been on the longest. Hey, Alan. Good morning again. I'm sorry I lost you. My phone did run out of minutes. Oh, that was you. What, what kind of phone are you running on, Alan? Is this like a track phone? It, it's from a. It's it's through the VA. It's oh. a Assurance. 
Oh, okay. And you only have X number of minutes, huh? So you only get 350 minutes for free. Well, sure, you're one of those guys that actually uses a phone to talk. I, I sure do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, well, I've lost a lot of that just being on hold. Sorry, Alan. I, didn't, I mean, that's a, that's a different situation. So what do you got? What do you, what's going okay. on? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a tough book. Yeah. Uh, it's, an, it's an older one. It originally came with Windows 7. It was upgraded to – it was actually refurbished and upgraded to uh, Windows 10. Um, I would like to have a 500-gig uh, 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 solid-state drive, mm-hmm. and I'd like to replace the drive I have, but I don't want to lose my data. Um, my situation here is I'm not sure uh, if I can – well, uh, let's go back here. I, I, I bought a one-terabyte uh, USB drive. Solid-state? Um, Oh, USB uh, external, you mean? It's, uh, yeah, uh, okay. flash drive. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and and started to do a backup. Nice. And when it got done, many hours later, uh, I discovered that all but the thirty, the first thirty-one gigabytes were corrupted. Whoa. Um, and I ran check disk on it, and when check disk got through fixing it, repairing it, uh, all I had was the first thirty-one uh, gigabytes. Gigs. Okay, that's not so good. So I said, okay, uh, we'll start over. And I actually reformatted it. It was in uh, in 32. I reformatted it to, to uh, NTFS. Yeah. And I figured that might help. The problem that I'm having, it did it again. And and so I switched to another uh, smaller flash drive, figuring, okay, I'll do, uh, you know, several 64s. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've only got about 134 gigs to 35 gigs copy mm-hmm. um and uh, what's happening here is it's the same thing no matter what drive i put in the machine it will copy single folders mm. if they're more than one folder deep it copies the second layer of folders but uh all of the contents are corrupted what are you using for the the tool to do the copies um well i'm using the just copying in in uh, uh windows in windows 10 okay i think you should use robocopy oh what is it what, what is that again robocopy I, I can get that off your is yeah. that o-v-a-l robo as in robotic robocopy yeah. robo and we'll put a link up there he's he's going to recommend a different method of copy i think it might be your usb port now panasonic tough books are nice machines um, but they are—they always seem to use older technology. Uh, are you sure this is running on a, U, a high-speed USB three interface? No, there is no, there is no high-speed USB three. We checked that out. So you're running like USB one. So it's US. Well, I think it's two. Okay, but it could be a problem with that USB port. Do you have any other yeah, port? Have you tried multiple? Yeah, I tried multiple ports. Uh, okay, uh, it doesn't make any difference. All right, the controller then that controls the USB ports could be damaged as well or have a problem moving that data. But Bob will recommend the RoboCopy. It is a. It's I think it's built in that built into Windows. Yeah, it's built into yeah. Windows, and uh, what it does is it does everything that it can to try to recover the files. Right. And if it can't copy the files, it moves on. Okay, so it might be a little more better on the error correcting than than the standard copy. And, okay. and see if that works. If it doesn't work, there. I think your your it's your USB interfaces that are causing the trouble for you. I mean, it could. You've already tried different media, so it's the media has been ruled out. It comes back to the interface. And the media has been ruled out. Yes. Yeah. So then you're down to the point where you might need to take that 
drive out of the Panasonic Toughbook and put it in a different piece of hardware to copy the data, right? Because your your method of getting it out is a problem. Or you can network it if you have a second computer, but I suspect you don't. I have several. Oh, <laughs> oh then why don't? Here's a better another idea then, Alan. Can you take the hard drive out of the Toughbook, put it in a USB enclosure? And make it a portable hard drive. So what you're going to do is turn that, that laptop. Yeah, I have, I have done that in the past. I haven't actually done it since XP. It's been a long time. It's not a big deal. Um, but no, I know what's involved. I don't know where my, I think I have more than one uh, adapter, but I don't know. I don't know where they are at this point. Well, go to cables and connectors on the Berlin Turnpike. They'll be able to adapt you to anything you need. Oh, I do a lot of business with them, sure. Yeah, so then that might be your easiest solution here if the robocopy doesn't work. Take the drive out, put, make it a USB, copy it to some other location on your on a computer. Now you're done. You also realize your, it's your USB interfaces that's a problem on your Panasonic Toughbook. Yeah, I was also thinking of, of just trying the other computer, but if, my, my, if the Windows copy in this computer is the problem, then uh, I'm not going to be any better off. And I'm not sure if the other... It's not the copy. The I, I think what the problem is the copy is not smart enough to recover from the errors that is being produced by your USB interface. And so RoboCopy might be better at doing that, is what Bob is thinking. So you're going to overcome okay. the interface problem with a smarter utility. But if that still okay. doesn't work, then you, your USB ports are really... Toast, toast, especially, yeah, <laughs> host, toast, whatever yeah, you want to call they, it. They are old enough. They've worked for everything else, but for, for some reason or other, this just started. I've never had a problem before. This just started recently. Actually, I think we should coin a new phrase. Instead of hosed or toasts, you're coroned. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're experiencing now. We're both hosed, toasted, and coroned. So uh, that's what we're going to coin that. Speaking of which, I'm waiting for the sales for Corona to come out. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I don't drink Corona, so yeah. uh, I, I, I shouldn't have it. <laughs> so go ahead and try those things, Alan. It sounds like that's a better alternative, I think, that I'd have you try. I appreciate your help. All right, and good luck with those minutes. They should give you your, the VA. Well, I, I, every other phone on the planet is unlimited minutes. You're the only guy. The VA gives you limited minutes on your technology? That makes no sense to me. Well, yeah, I know. Um, actually, you can buy unlimited minutes, and I did that, but uh, I did that twice, but but the way they were set up, you had you had to renew it every month. Every month, when your minutes ran out, you had to go back and, and huh. buy buy the free free minutes. Buy the free and minutes. That sounds counter. I couldn't get around. <laughs> I couldn't get around having it to automatically renew every month. So, so Alan, how how much do you pay for this phone per month? Oh, it's nothing. Oh, okay, okay. So it's, it's you, but you get a limit. Phone. Okay, but they limit so your what, your minutes. That's why it's limited on minutes, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, they should give you unlimited minutes for what you did for our country. I don't know why they can't spare a minute or two. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. It can't be costing them a lot, really, but it's, I'm, I'm glad to have it. All right. Well, very good. And good luck with thank this. Uh, let us know how it goes. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank our, you. Our pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. We're going to step out for a quick break. Get back to more of your calls. Four lines open on this Armageddon edition of the uh, Computer Talk with Tab program. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. We'll be right back. And we are back. I lived through 1999 when that thing cut over to 2000. We all survived. Well, you survived that. Y2K, yeah. yeah. My brother was all stocked up on propane and toilet paper. Oh. 
You remember those doomsday preppers out there? There's like shows about doomsday. Yeah, preppers. they're still on. You think they're buried? They're they're hunkered down in their. Oh well, yes. The biggest problem is getting out to where your doomsday destination is. <laughs> right. uh, so uh, we've got four lines wide open. Feel free to get online. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. While we're waiting for your calls, I've got some technology news for you. That This came up last week, but we were off last week. Apple agrees to $500 million settlement for throttling older iPhones. Now, we talked about this when it occurred. Apple had described it as doing you a favor your old uh, iPhone 6 and 7 uh, basically are uh, – we're trying to slow them down because the batteries are junk. And uh, we, we, we don't want to uh, have you have any kind of performance issues with your phone. So what we'll do is slow it down. And then what do you think as a consumer? Man, this iPhone is not working so well. I must be holding it wrong. I need to go get a new one. And they convinced you to buy the next iPhone. And they got smacked. And they really should have been smacked for more than $500 million. You can't throttle or – imagine if you're driving your car and and let's just let's say it's Tesla someday. And actually, they've done this. Uh, <laughs> and they modify your battery because there's issues with the charging because it could overheat and cause issues. Uh, and now your range is affected. Well, your range was supposed to be X hundreds of miles and now it's Y hundreds of miles. Well, you paid for X. There should be a discount coming at you. But we're holding the balance in reserve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so half a million dollar settlement for those of you guys. Now, again, this is the company that makes you pay a premium for the quality of their product, right? They, they've convinced us all that the brand is such a premium brand um, that you know you, you need to have this premium technology. But, but when it starts to have problems with the battery, instead of having you change the battery out for what, 25 bucks to keep your iPhone 6 or 7 working perfectly good, they slowed them down and didn't tell you why. So you would buy a new one. Well, that's what happened. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cynical of me to talk about this this way, but it is what happened. Um, so anybody uh, out there that had this issue, Apple will offer you, oh, wait for it, a whole 25 bucks <laughs> to any current or former owner of the uh, covered iPhone named in the class. And of course, if you're named in the class action lawsuit, you could receive $1,500 to $3,500. Um, and of course, $90 million is going to go to the attorneys. And the settlement has a minimum payout of $310 million. So the, payout, the payment might increase if, uh, w- increase if you, they get fewer claims, right? You get a higher pay- percentage of that if you're part of the class action. Um, so we'll see. Conversely, if the payments exceed the five hundred million dollar cap, each of you iPhone owners who spend a thousand bucks on the new phone will get less than the twenty five dollar payout <laughs> uh, for them to to mess with your your phone's battery. This is called Battery Gate, and this happened back in twenty seventeen. I know you remember it if you're an iPhone user. I know you were like, "Geez, I must be holding it wrong." That's why I'm having so many problems because <laughs> that was a whole other gate, the antenna gate, where the design was actually in the point where you held the phone and you had poor reception because Apple said you're holding it wrong. Um, so we'll put the link up here for you guys and uh, if you're part of that go after it go get them get your 25 bucks Um, go ahead you should probably do you can probably do it online you'd think Apple would have an app for that where you can go on the Apple store and collect your $25 to to deal with the fact that they slowed your 6 and 7 down to save it from you good luck getting the money from Mm -hmm. the rock yeah (laughs) what else you got Bob oh uh, I got a number of Tesla articles today oh okay all right, so let me start with the Tesla Cybertruck Gigafactory. I'm not going to go through these articles, just the headline part. 
Tesla Cybertruck Gigafactory will be in central U.S., possibly Nashville, Musk says. The new factory will support Model Y production, too, and a report floated that Nashville, Tennessee may be on the short list. So, That's good. Having having it in in uh, in America, in we've, America we found manufacturing in China is a bit of a problem for our our uh, our our, uh, so our channel, but our the cyber, supply chain, the cyber trucks, yeah, okay, and the Model Y, and the companion article I have with this is Tesla Elon Musk cel- celebrates one millionth EV yeah. in Model Y, mm-hmm. so they hit the one millionth. EV electric vehicle, which happened to be a Model Y, right. which they're going to start producing hopefully in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, third article, companion, if you will, mm-hmm. Tesla Model Y deliveries start March 13th. Mm. A handful of customers received confirmation that their electric SUV is shipping to them this Friday. Well, this is uh, uh, d- dated on the 13th. So actually yesterday, yesterday, Tesla customers started getting their Model Ys. So... Cool. And it built its uh, one millionth. So, you know, they are ahead of schedule on that one because with the Model 3, if you remember, they were behind schedule. Mm. So I'll post a link to each one of those. Unless you want me to go to... No. <laughs> We've got enough here. Uh, the lines are starting to uh, starting to fill up, so we well, we, we, we do appreciate that. Uh, we've got uh, Paul in Suffield, and we've got Shay in North Windham that we're going to get to. We have a quick break to get through. Uh, two lines open for you: eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC, and then we'll get to those those calls. Feel free to get online during the news, and uh, we'll help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Everything we've talked about will be posted live. Uh, over at Computer Talk with Tab. And uh, don't forget to like us over at Tab Computer Systems on Facebook, and the uh, it'll get into your news feed if Zuckerberg deems it worthy. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab, and we're the Armageddon edition. And uh, lines are all jammed up. Feel free to... Uh, listen and, and pop on when the caller finishes up. I want to say one quick thing. There was a caller talking about, again, the, the milk, bread, and toilet paper issue we're all dealing with with nothing available. I was listening to another radio station, and some expert said, well, you know, Americans are more self-focused. They don't live in a communal society. Communal. And the funny thing is, if you think about any communist society or social society, they're in lines for toilet paper on a regular day. So it's not like a, the communal society was going to make anything better. It would mean you'd have no toilet paper to begin with. Uh, so that woman, I just wanted to, uh, what are you talking about, honey? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I they don't tell. have it to begin with on a Friday, you know, yeah. any day of the week. They're lining up for their- That and bread. Yeah. You don't live in a communal society. Thank goodness. All right. Moving on to Paul in Suffield. Hey, Paul. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Hi. I, uh, I'm in a uh, small aviation group, and we were donated a- Older but nice flight simulator. Neat. And it's you know, turn of the century. Windows 95 was the original computer on oh, it. Oh boy! And uh, <laughs> was able to get it running uh-huh. on a different machine. The old computer had a BIOS battery dead that needed to be soldered in. But boy, it brings me back with interrupts and oh yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, got it running. Good. But, and we'd like to get it on a more modern machine. Mm. Uh, but it's got a serial interface from all the controls. Oh boy, it's, you're not going to be. We were looking. Yeah, you're all not the gonna... new software kind of runs on USB interfaces now. Right. 
you can I get uh, you can get a serial to USB adapter. You can, but I don't know that it's going to necessarily the, adapt cleanly. The problem is you need to get the drivers for it. That's going to work for the OS you're using. Right. So you can get the adapters, like Bob said. Again, cables and connectors. The Berlin Turnpike has it locally, I'm sure. But yeah. just because you go serial to USB and adapt it doesn't mean that old technology is going to smoothly adapt it for you. You can physically adapt it, but the the hardware may not know what to do with that connection. Right. Yeah. That was kind of what I was leaning toward. Is do those adapters only emulate a serial device within USB? Because generally, USB's got some smarts to it to tell it what it what device is being plugged in. I think once you get them working, they work well. If you can get them, it, working. once you get them working, yeah. and it'll show up in your device manager as a uh, communications port. And it's cheap; it's not expensive. So obviously, this was given to you. So getting an adapter right. to try, um, yeah, oh, okay. not gonna not gonna be a problem. It's just whether or not it's smart enough to have the, the devices, the joystick, the, the yoke there, understand that conversion to USB and have the software right. understand it. And you might have some delay. You know, I mean, you move, you turn the yoke to the left or the right, and maybe the, the software can't really quickly give you a nice, clean movement. Who knows? I don't know what you're going to find. That technology is so old, who knows if it'll work. Right, yeah. yeah. But it will to be. get Windows 95 running on a newer machine, I had to find patches that'll let it run on a machine with more than uh, 512 mega memory and a 2 gigahertz processor. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That old software doesn't really understand the, the today's right, technology. Yeah. You're right. Good. I'm yeah, surprised you even got it working. Yeah, but yeah, if we want to get it approved for real flight training, uh, it does have to be responsive. They're going to, the FAA, when they approve a simulator, they're going to start looking, we're starting to look at the rules involved and yeah, they need to make sure it's realistic enough. Right. Yep. That's that's great. And so how much do these go new if you did, had to buy one? Uh, probably about $3,000. Yikes. Okay. So it's, uh, yeah, it's got the radio controls with real knobs on it. And wow. Real, real other levers and things. You know, so it'd be nice to, if we can get this running, it'd be great. Yeah, so. Very cool. Well, good luck to you. I mean, it's, it's worth a try. They're very cheap to get the interface, the, the adapter. So if, if it doesn't work, there's not a whole lot of magic we can give you to say how it'll, it'll right. work. It's, it's just the old technology is not going to understand whatever you're throwing at it. Right. Okay. All right, Paul. Okay, thanks for your help. Yeah, good luck. Um, anytime you interface that old stuff, we have the same problem in the manufacturing world. A lot of our manufacturing clients still run you know, old machines, right? And they're connected to really old operating systems in some cases. Windows XP is still operating quite <laughs> a lot uh, out there, and you just can't necessarily change the operating system to talk to the old hardware. It doesn't just want to do that that way. And uh, keeping the old stuff running, the alternative is you got to buy a new machine, which the machine manufacturers want you to do, of course, but or buy some ma massive upgrade, which is really expensive. Meanwhile, the machine's still punching out widgets, as it is. So uh, let's go to Shay in North Wyndham. Hey, Shay. Hi. What's Hi. up? You were just talking about the class action suit. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, now that I'm really thinking about it, we got a check yesterday for 41 cents. 41 whole cents, huh? Yeah. But now I'm, I mean, I'm looking at it and it's saying AT&T M settlement. Is that the same thing? Nope. They had their own problems probably. 
they probably oh. were there probably doing something else that people didn't want that, that that shouldn't have been done and and some you know class action lawsuit was put out there you got 41 cents the attorneys got the most <laughs> 41 cents because it says including iphone data plans right so there was something they were offering so they data plans i'm guessing has to do with unlimited something unlimited that was limited um and they got smacked for it i bet you we could go back and look to see uh what they were hit with, but your forty-one cents probably doesn't cover what they what happened. I would assume. Oh, so if we get a check, it's going to come from Apple. It would come from Apple if you happen to have an iPhone six or seven. If you're part of the class I action, do. if you're part of the named class action, um, then you would get even more fifteen hundred to thirty-five hundred. But if you're not in that named list of folks who joined the class action suit, you're going to get twenty-five bucks. So how do I find out if I'm in that named group? You would know because they would have reached out to you um, and asked you to become part of the class action suit in some way, shape, or form. They would have informed you um, to to become part of that group, I suspect. I'm, I've not become a part of a class action suit myself, but I think that's how that occurs. And uh, we, we put the link up here on the story if you want to read more about what goes on. And there's probably links within that that gives you more information about how to get your $25. Uh, okay. So here, you're, uh, who's answering the phone for you? Matt. He, Matt, he was laughing his tail off. For the 41 cents. Yeah, well, don't spend it all in one place, Shay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the check, the, printing the check probably costs more than 41 cents and mailing it costs 50. Oh, I know. 55 cents, I think. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Quick question. Yeah. What do you, how do you, Putting a USB port into your iPhone to download pictures. Oh, what yeah. do you think of that idea? Well, you have to adapt your iPhone connection to connect to the USB. So you need a cable from the Apple Store, the right cable designed for data, uh, so that you plug it into your back of your phone and then into the computer. Go ahead, Bob. The original one comes with uh, a little power brick on it, but it has a USB uh Adapter. You pull it off. So you pull it off, and yeah, you plug that into your phone, and then plug it into the computer. It'll see it. Then you got to tell it what you want to allow right access to your pictures or whatever you want to get. And then you navigate to the directory where the pictures are. DCIM. Yeah, the DCIM directory. Then copy and paste them to where you want to try to copy and paste them. It's not as easy as I just described. Uh, Okay. But uh, that's what you generally need. Because my phone keeps telling me I'm out of storage and to to delete some of the apps. But mm-hmm. when I do, nothing changes. Well, the apps don't take a lot of space. Um, it's it's pictures and stuff. And Apple is notorious, if you've listened to my program, for making things too small on purpose. <laughs> they do it on purpose. The operating system is quite large, uh, and they give you this nice tiny little area to store your stuff. Uh, and then, of course, they, then they say, go put it up in the cloud. And then they charge you when you start doing that maximum. But if you delete it off your phone, or you have it up in the cloud, yeah. cloud, and if you delete it off your phone, you're deleting it everywhere, even in the cloud. Uh, you should be able to configure that uh, because the cloud is not it shouldn't delete your pictures when you delete it locally because that's your, the idea of a backup, right? So it's, it should be, quote-unquote, backed up in the cloud. And so if you delete it or lose it on your phone, you can recover. It shouldn't mirror the action. You should yeah, be... We, you went through this a few months back about how you thought it wouldn't delete, but then it 
on the other on the other devices in the cloud, and then you had to retrack it a couple of weeks later when somebody you know told you no, it does delete. It depends on how you set it up, though. Again, I'm not an iPhone user, but most systems are designed to not mirror that way. If you delete data on an, on your local phone, you shouldn't be deleting it in the cloud as a mirror. That function should be there to protect you from making an error. What I was talking about, though, was the fact that law enforcement, right, When you, if they pull you over, Shay, and say, hey, I want your phone. Well, if it's encrypted, they can't see the data, right? They can't get access to whatever you've got on your phone. However, the backup that goes to Apple, they'll give, the, they'll give law enforcement access to the data. <laughs> so you're not as secure as you think you are. That's what I was talking about recently. Um, but a backup is not supposed to mirror that way unless you've told it to. You can configure synch- you can configure synch- I don't know on an Apple device, but you can configure synchronizations to work the way you described, where you delete it on the local and it deletes it in the cloud. If you've configured it to do that, it'll happen. Um, but most backups are not configured to do that. They're designed to protect you from making an error when you delete. You're like, oh, I want to delete this one and this one and this. Oh, my thumb, my finger slipped to the wrong one. Now I deleted the wrong file. You're supposed to be able to recover that from the backup. Does that so make sense? Well, yeah, it does, but I've tried it. Like I, you know, I deleted uh, a stupid picture off my phone. Yeah. And then I went to the iCloud and it's gone there too. Well, that's weird. Um, we can go look to see if that's the function. It doesn't make sense to me that it would do that unless you have it configured that way. We'll do a search on configuring your iCloud as far as having it sync or having it backup. There must be a sync function that you've set it up to do rather than a backup. Because synchronization can cause that type of okay. problem. It'll mirror. If you have told the the synchronization to operate that way, okay, and then you'll post it on your yeah. link up. If we find anything on there that talks about that, we will, of course. Okay, cool. All right, Thank Jay. you. You're welcome. Have a nice spring. <laughs> we'll try. It's the worst spring ever so far. I know. Oh, we'll be. What can you do? Okay. We'll do our best. Uh, I want to also make a quick correction before we go to a break. Bob is right. Elon chucked that roadster into space. It's not orbiting the planet, but it is banging around our solar system. <laughs> <laughs> but it is not orbiting Earth anymore. He chucked it out of the or- out of orbit. So the Starman, there's actually, we're going to put a link up to a Tesla Roadster in space. You can track where it is. If you want to know exactly where it is at any given moment, if you get nothing better to do, you can surf over to this site and see where the Roadster is. We're going to step out for a quick break. Gary and Grant, hang on. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab, the Armageddon ed- edition. Yes, don't stand so close to me. Is the <laughs> is the word, word of the day? Stand back six feet. I hear six feet. I don't know, what are you Arms do? length, distance apart. Yeah, and is it crook? Plus, are you sneezing into the crook, the opposite side of your elbow? Yeah. Nobody said anything about that. Well, you know, now it's not your shoulder. If you try use, your shoulder, now Bob, we can I think use you're the wrong. Secret handshake where you just bump the elbows. Bump elbows. <laughs> yes. I did that recently. <laughs> I'm not a germaphobe. I was just having fun bumping elbows. Um, let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to... Well, that's an old expression, rubbing elbows. Right. Yeah, now we're doing it. That's, that's our greeting. What do the coneheads do? Didn't they rub cones? Yeah, they did. They yeah. were kind of close when they did yeah. that. We're rubbing elbows. Let's go to Grant in Glastonbury. Hey, Grant, what's up? Uh, hey, fellas. Thanks for all your uh, good stuff that you do every uh, Saturday. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening. All right, I uh, I bought an HP laptop mm-hmm. uh, in December. Went went through setting it up uh, in early January and got led down the primrose path with Uh-oh. a Microsoft account. Uh oh. And then finally, uh, finally, I put on a local 
a local account and profile, and then uh, so I switched to that and got out of the cloud. Okay. All right. Now I've got a new another HP laptop. They're going to be shipping it out today. Oh, you're lucky. And uh, yeah, well, I had to call. I ordered it January 31st. Well, yeah, there's a bit of a shortage of parts. Yeah, tell me about it. Coming at us, we're we're all <laughs> waiting know, for I'm stuff. I'm getting a I'm getting a ZBook. Um, Ooh. I'm getting a ZBook, uh, and uh, you know it's an i7 uh, six core and yeah solid state drive and everything. Now, um, my question is: is I'm going to try to get through to Maze and just set up a local account on it? Mm-hmm. My question is: uh, if I get there, then uh, should I register this thing on the same Microsoft account that I set up on the other one? If you're going to register it, I would say yes, but. What I would recommend is when you get that that page, down in the la- a small print, it'll say um, use it as a c- for a company, and then that'll give you the option. It'll say join a domain, but you know you can actually join a work group, and that will create a local user uh, administrator account rather than a cloud account, because you know if you lose the internet. Your cloud account, you can't access it. You can't get into your computer. Yeah. So I always choose that first, get it into the uh, work group, and then I join it to the domain. But I create that local user. In this case, he doesn't have a domain, so but you can register the two computers under the same user. You could, but you can avoid it by saying you're going to use it for a company instead of as an individual. Oh, just avoid it altogether. That gives you a different option. So where when it says. You're going to join a domain, choose that, even though you don't have a domain, but it'll put it in a work group. Hmm. You can try and that, then, Grant. Then you're going to create so an what account. Do I do? Just make up a work group name or something? No, it'll, it'll create the work group. You just got to create the username, and it'll be a local administrator. So the uh, built-in administrator account will be disabled by default, but you'll create a new one, which will be an administrator. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm a little confused. It's it's crazy. No, I know <laughs> they do that on purpose. So what we're trying to do is avo- what we're trying to do for Grant here is have him avoid have to have the connection to the internet so his computer can be used. And it, you mean my other laptop that I set up early January that's got to connect to the cloud? Well, it sounds like you got around it. It well, sounds like I did. I, I I log in through the local account that I put on it after. Right, you put yours on after. What I'm saying is you can. Put it on before and avoid the cloud account completely. Do it first. Okay, but that work group that work group is that is that out in Microsoft someplace? Well, no, the work no. group is just the name of a network. So you could have a home work group. You can have a you can name an, a bunch of computers in the same work group, part of that one work group that you name. But it'll come up with its own name. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I think I've got work group on my. Work work group is what they use right now, or something like that. Work group is what they use going all the way back to Windows 2000. Yeah, yeah right. So okay. the, the word work group is probably what they're going to. Yeah, it's the work group. Work group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. I'll see if I can uh, work that one out on yeah. my work group. Yeah, you're going to actually use this computer for like CAD design. I mean, why did you get the ZBook? It's a monster. I I got it. For the build feature, mainly, I guess you got a little door in the back so you can change your RAM and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I, and uh, I figured that the build would be very durable. So, um, yeah, it's a great. I, that's mach- the reason I went to that. Great machine, great video card, great processor. You're gonna have, you're gonna be able to do a lot with that machine. You well, pay- I'm engineering anyway, so there it is. You pay uh, more, you get more. Yep. Yeah. Right. All right, Grant. Hey, thank you, guys. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. 
All right, let's get to our last caller probably. Let's go to Gary in Simsbury. Hey, Gary. Hey, good morning. Morning. How are you guys? Great show. Thanks. So um, I have Comcast Internet Yep. Um, yep. with a um, compatible um, modem and wireless gateway that I bought from Best Buy. All right. And when I'm directly connected, um, I can get almost 300 meg. Yeah. Um, yeah. On wireless, though, no matter what computer or what uh, I'm using and no matter what the distance, it tops out at 25 meg. Yep. It all depends on what you're connected to as far as the the radio and your hardware. So different Wi-Fi um, protocols will produce different performance speeds. How old is that router? Uh, this is probably just um, not quite two years. Hmm. Yeah, it should be. So the router's doing fine. It's your devices. And so are, is there any settings? Um, yeah. I, I yeah. did all the research I could do and just um, well, either I didn't understand or... Well, so basically Wi-Fi is broadcast on a radio and it comes out at a di- at different frequencies. So what you have to do is go into your router and see if you're broadcasting at 2.4 gigahertz or 5 gigahertz. If you're broadcasting at 5 gigahertz and your, comp- your device can handle a 5 gigahertz connection, make sure you're connecting at the 5 gigahertz and do your speed test. I guarantee you'll get your performance. So, All right. It sounds like to me he's using wireless G, which is an older Super because that's the speed that they used to run. Right. N was 300. Right. You know, and AC is like gigabit plus. Right. So that's why that's why I asked you how old your router was because it sounds like it's really old um, or it's acting oh. like it's really old. Did you buy it from somebody two years ago that had it for five years? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, of course, I went to Best Buy and, okay. and just to get rid of the you know, $12 a month fee and, yeah. and look and ask for the best. Um, yeah. you know, Comcast compatible, and this All right. is what I got. So you're, um, we're in a hard break here coming. The outro music is playing, but I'm going to tell you, make sure you're connecting to 2.4 gigahertz or 5 gigahertz connections from the devices you're testing. And your device has to be capable of connecting at those speeds. So if your Wi-Fi adapter in your laptop is a G adapter or, or something slower, you're going to see the 25 meg performance. Does that make okay. sense? Those radios yeah. all have to work at the highest speeds together. So check both the Wi-Fi card and or the Wi-Fi broadcast. All right, Gary? Gotcha. Thank you so much, guys. You're welcome, sir. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye. All right. That's it. And we survived the uh, and the uh, Armageddon program. I want to thank Matt for producing. Thank Mike G for posting everything live. Thank you all for calling. See you next week. Stay safe. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.